0: Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac, and on this bonus episode, we are doing the Paranormal Roundtables one more time. Or, again, probably never going to stop this as long as we can. I am joined by uh, Mike from Shadow Walker Paranormal, my paranormal team. So we already know each other pretty well. Uh, Josh from Cold Spot uh, from Cold Spot paranormal, 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 paranormal There we go. Yep. Uh, we got the Keeper of the Second, and Peta from Eternal Sisters. Paranormal. How's yeah. everybody doing? Ethereal. I'm never gonna say it right.
1: <laughs> I know, no one ever does.
0: Uh, how's everybody doing? Good, doing great. Tired. I know. I just I gotta <laughs> work myself doing uh, killing bugs. So, but oh,
1: that sounds creepy.
0: The <laughs> reason why we started, or me and me and Megan wanted to start these paranormal roundtables, we're discussing from different people, wrong and amounts paranormal community, is for that to spread our knowledge and what other people have with the paranormal community altogether. Different perspectives from psychics to not people who are psychic when it comes to paranormal investigating altogether. When dealing with spirits from good to bad and how we we deal with that. So that's kind of why we started this whole paranormal roundtable thing anyway is to get different perspectives and discuss our point of views or at least how we've dealt with things in the paranormal. But Like I have said before, this is less of an interview. It's more of a conversation. So... First question, I know if anyone's ever watched the previous ones or listened to them, people recognize PETA, people recognize Mike from the other Paranormal Roundtables we've done before. But new to this is Josh and uh, I should call you Keeps for short. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) In the Paranormal Roundtable thing. So uh, don't feel like you're odd man's out because, of course, uh, us, PETA and Mike already know each other from previous times we've worked together. But I want everyone to talk about this because it might be somebody's first time listening to this or watching this. So let's go around and give a small, I guess description about who you are and your team that you represent.
1: Had a very negative experience when I was 15. So I think throughout my life, I just, uh, you know, always kind of wondered like, what was it? Where'd it come from? Why was, you know, why was I the only one affected? Um, things like that so once I kind of retired from doing my veterinary work I you know thought hey you know I might might get into this so I conned my uh, best friend uh Sean, who uh unfortunately isn't investigating anymore but um yeah I conned her into uh starting it with me and you know we spent many hours trying to figure out names and came up with Ethereal paranormal and yeah been been doing it ever since and i love it
0: awesome uh keeps yeah (laughs) we got you into uh paranormal at least to earn the title keeper of the second
2: the name keeper of second i at a time i was going through some rough paths end of my life and my good friend she brought me into the whole urban community, the whole urbex community of exploring bang buildings and stuff she uh she brought me into it, she gave me the name because she saw that I enjoyed every second, every moment, like everything was just to mine to i guess to my enjoyment of the time exploring a few years later down the line, she gave me a list of what she wanted to do, wanted to explore, and sadly, she passed away that following year. And I will still continue doing it. Uh, seven years later, I'm still still exploring, still doing all that fun stuff. Uh, throughout the past seven years, four years ago, I met my good friend, Colin Brown, uh, the host, the owner of the Paranormal Files. He's been doing this, I do believe, 2015. He, he has the name, the Paranormal Files. He's been doing the Paranormal longer than I have. But once our past met at that point, where he uh i guess where we met uh, i just i guess it just lit that fire that whole paranormal like i've had somewhat explained experience unexplained experiences before meeting him but once i met him he and i work he's he and i've been working for the past four years together uh when they used to when he used to live here in texas exploring doing the whole paranormal exploration and all that kind of fun stuff um but yeah awesome awesome uh josh so i have
3: probably the strangest intro into the paranormal um i grew up catholic and i remember when i was six years old sitting in uh first community class right and our teachers like hey you know what there are evil spirits in this world you can't see them but you know animals can and if you ever see one you're gonna die and so yeah Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up terrified of uh, ghosts and spirits and all of this stuff. And then my uh my lovely wife convinced me to go on our first paranormal investigation about five years ago. Yeah, five, five and a half years ago. And we we did our first paranormal investigation. It was like, you know what? This was awesome. It wasn't as bad as the mind makes it out to be. And so we ended up starting our
0: team. And we've kind of been hitting the ground running ever since. And why uh, Cold Spot Paranormal? Was just something you thought of or just a meaning behind it? Um, So we actually
3: started out, my wife and I, when we were trying to figure out a name, we used some of those random like paranormal team generator, name generators. (laughs) And we're like, hey, you know, Cold Spot sounds pretty cool. Um, And then we kind of came up with Cold Spot on the heart. We figured, you know, yeah, the Cold Spot. And then, you know, we love the paranormal. So we came up with Cold Spot of the Heart. Um, but a couple of years ago, we ended up bringing on new members and kind of forming a podcast and, and this whole new team aspect of it. So it was just her and I before. And so we came up with the name Cold Spot Paranormal Research. But if you look at the in the initials, it's DPR for short. So it still kind of sticks with the heart aspect of things. And we just kind of grew with our naming you know, been running
4: with it. I could, I, I thought it was like, you know, you, you walk up, you feel the cold spot.
1: Like, yeah. That's was. Awesome. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that definitely does play in the paranormal. Right. And so it's
3: got to use it without names.
1: I actually really like that. And that's, that's a cool, cool name for a, for a team. Yep. That's um yeah, I, I actually yep. forgot the cause you know, I, I do have like uh, migraine meds on board, so I'm a bit like space cadet Um but yeah. Uh I've got Jen. Um she's my paranormal partner in crime. And then I've got Adam who's a sceptical believer. So that's that kind of brings a really good dynamic to our team. Um, and we've just had a couple, uh, of young people join. So yeah, now there's five of us, um, lots of training ahead.
0: (laughs) And a man I know all too well,
4: uh, Mike. Um, uh, brief history, you know, I had a hard life always in foster care and stuff like that. Had all kinds of experiences with all kinds of religions that are at a young age, but You know, I was always the one to question, you know, you were talking about Catholics and stuff like that. Me and we fought all the time because, you know, it all contradicts itself. And at a certain point, you realize that religion is a man's construct, you know, spirituality, something different. Um, But what happened was, is I had passed away from stomach cancer, Um, went septic, passed away. And when I came back out of the hospital, I thought I was going crazy. Cause I was hearing and seeing and things were moving in my peripheral and um, you know, it was like a whirlwind from there, joined a paranormal team Uh, that didn't work out. They just had a different way of doing things. Um, And then met Isaac through them and then started hanging out with Isaac and we started Shadow Walker Paranormal. So, and I'm not crazy by the way. <laughs> but, you know, I know we're on the other side now, so but it's been a it's been an awesome journey. You know, being able to show people you know, there is something after the effect. You know what I mean? When you pass away, there is something there. I've been there. You know, it's it, I, it's good to be able to show people that there is something there. So that's why I do it, and to help you because a lot of these things are kind of negative sometimes, and if you can help cross them over cross them over uh, and i know it doesn't you know it goes against paranormal investigating because you want them to be there to investigate but if you can make them pass over or let them pass over or give them a the chance to you know kind of clean up that energy a little bit that's what we kind of go for can i ask you a question mike yes ma'am
1: um do you uh have any recollection of what it was like on the other side like did you know that so you died almost in- well, so the
4: first time not really. It was like a bunch of
1: flashes. That's when I
4: started seeing things, um, and hearing voices. But um it's been five major surgeries um being cut up from my sternum down um to you know, below my belly button. And then uh so I've I've actually passed away three times in the last three years that I can actually remember what happened. I can remember seeing what was going on. And I freaked my nurses out because I was telling them what happened to me. And there was like, there's no way you knew that. Because they gave me a shock inside my my chest. They they reached them with little oh, wow. and I was able to tell them, you know, what color they were, um, you know, what voltage they were on and all of that. So, you know, I did experience seeing that. And then the last time, it was more of a spiritual thing because I was talking to people, um, past relatives, ancestor, bloodline, um, and there was something angelic about that um, that really uh, made me kind of step back and realize that I had to change my life and everybody around me had to realize that we're not guaranteed anything. It's real short. You know, uh, time is a construct. And if you go by that construct, you ain't got much. You could, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You know what I mean? So it it was a good eye opener. And uh, I've become very spiritual since then, you know, because my religion was always forced on me. So I was the rebellion kind, you know what I mean? So to be spiritual now is like a blessing. Wow,
1: that's incredible. and and how strong you are too um having gone through that three times my goodness
4: yeah it it was it it's it that's why i want to show everybody it's there you know we we leave our energy behind when we go or we get stuck here you know unfortunately we get stuck here i would hate for anybody to get stuck here but some of us do and some of us have things to take care of but uh that's why I do it. That's why I love it. Be able to show people, you know, this isn't our only life. <laughs> we've been here. We've done this many times over. You just, not everybody can tap into that.
0: Um, well, that's what makes, I guess, our paranormal team different um, when it comes to different permal teams out there. And one thing, I guess, don't feel yourself classified as, is I'm not saying you are, but what I've learned from talking to different permal Uh, investigators and so forth like that when it comes to paranormal that there's three kinds of paranormal teams out there right now first being your typical clout chasers Uh, they only do this for the fame they only do this to get likes or follows or views or however they want they want to be the next ghost adventures the next ghost hunters that that level of uh of fame and out uh, basically uh exploiting the paranormal when it comes together those are the clout chasers and then there's a second class paranormal investigators will film what they do, but they have respect for the dead. They communicate with the dead. They try to talk to them, try to understand why are you still here and stuff like that. They respect who died and who you know the aspects of where they are investigating and stuff like that. They still film. They still want to capture evidence because they want to show people that this stuff exists, but in the right ways. And then there's a third kind, which is me and Mike's team. Um, that's only mission. Our only mission is to go to location to location, place to place. Take out all the dark entities possible and help all the light spirits that want to cross, cross over. And we never force anybody to leave. And investigations that me and Mike have done so far, we've never forced anybody. Well, can't. we, we force the <laughs> dark ones. We took the dark ones away from the place. But as for light spirits, regular human spirits and ghosts you like can't. that. They're Jewish. Yeah, it's their choice. We leave it up to them oh. most of the time. A lot have chosen to stay at some of the locations we've been to. Some have chosen, hey, I, I kind of like it here now. You took away the big bully. I kind of want to stay here. Um, yeah. And then some choose to go because they're, oh, finally free. Thank you for taking that person away. Now I can actually go, Um, which we've experienced a couple of places we've been to before. But from my experience, there's the three kinds of paranormal teams so far that I've encountered. Well, Two mainly that I've counted the most, but then of course the third being uh, my team. And so far, I don't think there's a lot of teams out there that let's say share our perspective, but uh, at least can do cool. what we do. But um, but that's where the whole shadow walker paranormal came from uh, is essentially my ability that Peta's friend uh, Jane actually uh, gave me. <laughs> she was the one that actually coined the phrase for me and stuff like that. But um, I've earned other titles from then, but. No title more like keeper of the second. That I would say is the first one that I've ever heard. <laughs> but appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's I mean I've I have a few, but that's that's a good one. Um what essentially I mean you guys always give a little bit of why you got investigating, but what I guess pushed the the urge to investigate? Or like keeper uh you know, urban explore places that could potentially have spirits and stuff like that and get into the paranormal community
2: altogether mm-hmm. i mean for me i've 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 had my runs with unexplained things happening to me it was me uh my original crew uh me millie the one who brought me into it and her crew it was all of us we were in a band factory one of those giant rooms maybe two three football fields and we were like Debt center, and we were walking, walking, and talking. And we see this older gentleman behind us walking behi- behind us and calling us out, be like, Hey, come here. And we're like, Okay, cool, whatever. You know, we got caught. We either they're going to ask us to get off the property, or be they're going to, he's probably going to walk us out to the cops and say, We're going to get a trespassing fine. Um, so we meet up the man halfway, and this man is older gentleman, older gentleman, white, like white hair, glasses like this, maybe five seven, five eight tall, and he was professionally what decent, and we were just chit chatting with him, stuff like that, and it, you know five ten minutes to go down, and we're still talking to the man. He's telling us certain things, what this mm-hmm. can do and after that he's like all right y'all be safe y'all go have fun and stuff we're walking in one way he walks the other way we're like it's kind of odd and we all look behind us man's completely gone man's like Whoa. Yes. and man's completely gone and we're like we just had it we were i still today can't even believe it but doing my research after we went we all went home found out this man was the the owner of the factory and how he died he was on one of the uh, catwalks and he's flipped over the railing and his whole body got shredded in one of the gears
1: oh my
2: god horrible so that kind of like that was like part of it part of the thing of the whole paranormal I feel like that was the start of it but and I just kept going, doing my own thing for a few years and then met Colin from the Paranormal bobs and then just came back. And I was like, yeah, let's let's get down and dirty for real and see what happens. You know,
0: coming to get into <laughs> intros, that's, yeah, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> Obviously, he, he looks like very poor then, like a real person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We thought we were getting in trouble. We legit thought this was security. No, but uh, now he was the owner of the whole place. Guess he wanted to talk to somebody. Hasn't talked to anybody for years. So place was abandoned for like 40 plus years. So,
4: yeah, unexpected death. It holds a lot of energy. Definitely. Oh, well, where uh, Josh is at right now. I, very active there. Yeah. But it's your. You're crowded. It's funny. I imagine. I
1: was thinking the same thing.
3: I can imagine. The last time I investigated this building that we're at, uh, I'm sitting at a table, and it's a very solid, steady table. And my wife and I were in here. Uh, It's a place called Benson Grist Mill in Stansbury, Utah. So, yeah, it's an old... uh, There was an old grist mill here. And... They eventually, like, it went under, it went into ruin, and the owners who bought the property ended up restoring the mill. And then they moved a bunch of, like, other pioneer cabins and and other projects onto this property. And so, this is one of those cabins that was brought onto the property. It was owned by a man by the name of Eric Pierce. This is his house. He built this cabin. It's not very big, maybe uh, 10 by 10. So it's really tiny, but this is this house. This is where you live. Yeah. But we were we were in here investigating. We had we were just doing like a dowsing rod. Or sorry, we weren't doing dowsing rod, we we're just doing an EVP section And all of our both of our hands were on, you know, above the table. And from underneath the table, there was a knock. And it's like, well, that's really cool. You know, it's pitch black. <laughs> and we're like, hey, if that was you, do it again. And then, you know, four or five seconds later, knock. And That's we, awesome. we up, yeah, it was so cool. Uh, we found out yeah. it was a little kid that did it, like like six year
4: old little boy or, or no six year old little girl. That's was what I was gonna different. say. Curiosity, I, there's a lot of curiosity, like yeah, they they're almost loving that you're there, kind of stuff. They, they're getting yeah. everybody's attention. And that, the, there's several kids that are here, and they love
3: hanging out. They Don't love. I'm to say
1: yeah, like, and, them, like picking up Maryland's demo, boy and girls.
3: Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. And this place
3: gets investigated a lot. There's probably, I don't know, 30 to 40 investigations a year at this mill. And so everybody, you know, comes out and investigates because it's very, it's very calm. It's very quiet. There's not a lot of negative energy here. There's only yeah. two of them and they, they stick to very
4: uh, secluded spots. Um so but uh, I think they're more what you're it's older than the settlers uh that ties to the land well, yeah yeah you you have some land issues going on there
3: yeah yeah this is a very like the Paiute Indians used this land uh quite a bit before the the pioneers the the Mormon pioneers came over and settled this area it's very native um, uh, indigenous people wise first, and then the, the Mormon pioneers used this land. And now it's just a, it's the state park, What it is. Yeah.
4: And you got to remember too, they were being pushed out at the time too. So the more that we pushed yeah. that way, the more the Indians got pushed that way too. You know what I mean? So
3: yeah. Yeah. And the, the Paiute were pushed over the mountains, uh, over the Wasatch Mountains under the West Side, which, uh, there's not a lot out there. <laughs> It's salt flat. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's something it's I forgot to, bad. forgot to mention. Uh, if anyone's clueless, what the hell's going on? Um, both Mike and Peter are, are psychics in our little round table here. Um, so it, if they get any messages or they're channeling or they're building anything, it's because something's going on. That. So and then, Whoa. of course, Josh being at a haunted location right now uh, doesn't help that process. So
4: it um, <laughs> <No. laughs> doesn't hurt it, though. Yeah, it doesn't hurt either. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. I thought I saw a face in the window behind you. Um, That's possible.
3: There's no way it's a person, though. Uh, There's about eight inches of room between uh, this cabin, and it's an old, uh, like, RV camper thing that's behind me. It's used for storage now, but, yeah. So there's no way that, if there was a face back
0: there, there's no way it's a or at least a living individual, I should say. I'd have to go back to the footage to find that. But if there is, well, yeah, is, a circle, <laughs> circle thing. Oh, um, circle that's 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 interesting. Yeah, I'm
4: um, looking over his shoulder now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> something, yeah, something I forgot to say um, beforehand. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times. Peter and Mike already know, but uh, things uh, that are. Paranormal ghost wines that you're at your place with can transfer to our place, and for vice versa, anything that's here can go to there, anything that's your place can come here. Um, and that's all around business not dream matter. Um, Peter knows all too well what I can do with situations that call for bad things to happen, but uh, so far, no, nothing bad
4: has shown up, so we're all good. Um, oh, well, that's yeah. reassuring. <laughs> <short. laughs> with a seven minute delay that one night I was trying to help her. And there was like a seven minute delay from my comments to when she got them.
1: So, oh yeah. <laughs> oh really?
4: Yeah. That live investigation I did with you uh, about a year ago. Oh, right? yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I was trying to read the spot. Like I am with Josh right now. Um, oh. and keeper. Yeah. Keep you, you, you got some things floating around you too. I don't know if you know that, but. Your, I, your, I've, I've, your heart is way out of balance right now. Your, your heart chakra is way out of balance right now. That, that's a verse
2: I, I I've had a lot of people. I've, I've done my, I've, my last location that I did was in Kansas at, at one of what I've got to explore with uh paranormal investigator up there in Kansas at one of the uh, demonic theaters and um I I spent two and a half three nights there with the whole team we slept in there we did everything in there and I what they said to me was like I only remember bits and pieces of it because of what happened that night like everything just I don't know what happened my like, so I didn't even edit that footage and that's been almost two years. Wow, I'm a saw I'm yeah. It's that's why I kind of like come somewhat stayed away from the panel, but I'm slowly creeping back in. uh But I'm just I'm back into the baby steps again.
4: You know how to protect yourself. Oh
1: right?
2: Yeah, I, I I have I have some good friends who do the whole dark witchcraft, the good witchcraft. I have multiple people who have helped me throughout this whole situation. And I, you know, it's 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 helped me a lot. Like if you met me last year, it was up and down. It was a roller coaster.
4: It was it was
1: it. Playing you to yourself with Sage that, recently,
4: Isaac. I don't know if you can see that, but that's what I got from him.
1: Oh, is that what you just drew?
4: Yeah, that was around him.
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense.
4: Um Can you see that, Keith? Have you ever? Yeah. I, I now you you've seen this, so this come across you as I, a I, a shadow person. You it's it's shadow you've been somewhere with somebody was that they, they he kept peeking at you, like you got? Did you get evidence of somebody peeking around a corner or something?
2: That could have been. York I used to work for um, I used to help out around the, the most haunted hospital here in Texas, Yorktown Memorial Hospital. Um I used to work them for them. They gave me the opportunity because I do my photography work in band buildings, so they gave me opportunity to work um to my work in there. With me and my buddy, we had the whole uh, whole hospital to ourselves, front doors were locked. When she took this picture and she was like, we were the only two. And I'm like, yeah, we were the only two. What's what's up. So it is. So she took the shot. I'm here. She's here side by side. She took the shot down the hallway and there's like an intersection. This is what she caught. And this was like four, three years ago. So like an actual, shadow. an actual
4: shadow. For the time.
2: Yeah. That was awesome. a shadow first. Awesome. And, um, but I mean, it was going back to that picture that you drew that, I remember that figure, that face that was from, that was from the, the theater. Oh, really? Uh, uh, I think mm-hmm. it was from, I think it was, I think it was from the t- theater. I, I want to say so. Cause I mean, that, that was like the most dark investigation out of what five years I've done the paranormal.
4: It makes sense. It makes sense. That's why I asked him make sure you're protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like Josh is very spiritually sound. You know what well, I mean? Definitely
3: try to stay protected. We've gone into some pretty nasty places, so
2: we. Yeah. we yeah, and I'm about to go again. <laughs> uh, I'm about to do another road trip, so I'm about to go back.
4: Just make sure you're protecting yourself, okay? uh
0: Funny enough, Richard, you bring that up, Mike, because uh, I just told you what a couple minutes ago. uh <laughs> When I said that you have nothing to worry about when it comes to dark things around here, uh, I I think I explained to Josh a little bit beforehand. Keeps the, you're probably haven't heard about this, Peter knows all too well, so does Mike. Um, I have an innate ability to pull um, dark entities off the plane. Um, And I do so with my hands, right? The energy I can feel with my hands and I pull the energy into my hand almost like all of it at one time. And then I could transfer it to an object. And the object I've been using for the last year and a half now is a ring. Uh, to be specific, a King Solomon ring replica, anyway, not
4: the real one. You can imagine who. But he was trying to hold him in himself, and we had to give him something. Then,
0: well, I filter it anyway. But that's that's a different story. Um, but my ability allows me to pull things also from anywhere I can physically see. So, if something was at Peter's place, or Josh's place, or Mike's place, or even yours, I can pull that. And take it here, and people who listen to podcasts know Shadow Walker episodes one through three explain all my abilities altogether, but um about ten minutes ago, I pulled something from your from your side, which might have been that Mike's side or mine your side, which might have been what Mike just showed you. It was relatively strong. I would have to go into the ring to uh confirm whether what it was or what not, but um yeah, it. Whatever was around you at the moment that, that Mike drew, I took it away. And Peter's probably going there now to look. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're closing
0: your eyes, I keep thinking you're channeling in. Um, yeah. So I don't you think know. that thing you necessarily have to worry
2: about anymore. I don't know if Mike still feels it. I know. Who knows? He, I know there's There's a couple more. He's back.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep seeing um, a lady with plat. a lady with plats, like plaited hair. Like, to like, low plats. Yeah. I, I don't know. I,
2: I know. I know what you're talking about. That That's probably uh, that's probably Millie. She usually hangs out with me. So if she has <laughs> like, you know.
4: I kind of feel like this might be something we don't want to do on the podcast. No.
2: I, I feel like this well, is probably more personal.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: So maybe yeah, after yeah. afterwards we I, can uh-huh. talk about this.
4: Yeah, I feel, well, I feel you I feel you. that's why I said something. I can feel you. Don't worry about
1: it. Uh, uh, Isaac,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> um how how do you uh you know, like when you're like pulling away like, you know, dark and, and light energies at locations, how does the location feel about that? Or do you not tell them?
0: <laughs> I mean of course they know, but um To be specific, I never pull any light entities whatsoever. Humans, spirits, good spirits, I never take off the plane. I kind of leave them to their devices. Megan and Mike always communicate with them about if they want to cross over or not. Um, Sometimes they choose to say, sometimes they they need a little help. And uh, that's where Megan and Mike come in to help do that. But no, so far we have seen consistent gratitude for taking away dark entities off the plane. Uh, The last investigation we did was at Patsy's Pond. Uh, a place here close by that was original Settlers uh, location. Um, I took away three entities that were uh, deceased witches, dark witches, um, that that stayed at the location to torment the dead that were still there. They used the dead that were there as uh, power-ups. And any yeah. normal sure. people that use the trails going there, they just they like tormenting those people, especially anyone who hanged there overnight. <coughs> but I took... One, two, and a last one actually came over the uh the spear box thing we were using. You could hear her laugh, like, <laughs> like your typical like witch cackles, right? Uh, yeah. Um uh-huh. and she got she charged me, and of course, like I've said a million times before, it couldn't uh once I started pulling, it was it was that was the end. Because so far uh-huh. nothing's been able to stop me. Um but no. After that, a lot of spirits were thankful. Some crossed over. Uh, many actually chose to stay. But the ones that chose to stay, we were we haven't gone there back again. But I think both Mike and Megan got the feel that they were some were slaves there were there previously and a lot were Native Americans.
1: Yeah. Oh
4: yeah. is it deep ties to the to the earth itself. The ones that want to be where they're at are comfortable where they're at. Yeah. And
0: we don't ever make those people go. We're like, okay, you, you want to stay, you can stay, but we cleared a place for you.
4: You can't you yeah. can't really take away residual either. That's that's an imprint yeah. Of, yeah. on your surrounding. And,
1: and yeah, I mean you can't you can't cross the spirit over well, this is you know, what I've been you know, read and been told, but you know, the the spirit want, you know, has to be willing yeah. to, to cross over oh um, sorry
0: well we now i mean i guess this is a subject we talked about right now <laughs> is that the spirits that we we come across um a lot of them choose to stay and i guess from your own experiences i guess yeah, we want to go around and talk about the idea of uh why we feel some spirits choose to stay by my own experience i think mike has come across it too probably has his own perspective i uh, hate talking for you <laughs> but we worked together for so long i like like you know. yeah yeah, but um, <laughs> well, my perspective so far from my time investigating is a lot of them have unfinished business, and that's what the old terminology oh. that I've been using for years. is unfinished oh. business, a reason to stay behind, but that was before I started doing what I do, and after I started doing what I do, I figured out that a lot of them, some most locations we've been to, especially if there's anything dark there, are stuck there because those dark entities are keeping those people there. Um, and they can't leave they want to but they can't they they're, they're stuck there because uh the dark entities are using or bullying the other spirits into staying there um and so far oh. most places we've been to it's been that kind of case now I'm not that i'm saying that's everywhere but i'm saying that's some of the places so far we have been to that has yeah. been that situation um but spirits that come to our my house, literally to Megan. And because Megan, of course, a co host on the Shadows, also very psychic, uh, they come to her to help them cross because they need her to communicate with someone who is still alive, like a friend, a family member, something that they didn't get to say while they were alive. But after they did, they didn't have a chance to tell oh. that person and they need to for some reason whatsoever. But those are the, the essentially reasons we found so far why. Or at least in my experience, why spirits tend to hang out. But I guess what are your guys' perspectives and why you believe some spirits choose to stay behind?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm kind of, um, yeah, like uh, I agree with, you know, what you've said. Um, you know, we have got a um, really old pub to, like, tavern to investigate. And um, Jen and I went up there earlier this year and, and you know, like the owner was, you know, a bit skeptical. Uh, you know, especially you know, with me like picking up different things, and and so you know, like I I pick up this this spirit. And it's a male, and he's just sitting at this table, and he's just waiting. And um, you know, the owner's there, and she's just listening. And and I said, I oh, um, I get the name Luke. Uh, I get names. A lot. Um, not all the time, but I do get them a lot. And so I decided to pull out, you know, a bit you know, a few pieces of equipment and sure enough, like, you know, our K2 starts spiking. Um, you know, we captured some like really good EVPs and everything. But he was had been waiting there. So he's basically just sitting there waiting because he got into uh, an altercation fight a very, very long time ago and he's waiting for that person to come back so he can, you know, apologise for for what he did. Um, So... uh, yeah, and I, I told him. I said, "Look, you know, he's 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 not coming back, but yeah, he's he's just he's still sitting there waiting." So you know, I agree one hundred percent with with your theory and thing that's unfinished business or.
0: Josh should be kind of quiet. Get a yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have. I mean, yeah, the unfinished business. That's pretty uh, pretty a common thing that we've ran into well but we we have a couple other theories too that we've ran into um there's a belief of you know as in life as in death so if you were a butthole in life you're going to be a butthole in death you're going to be a butthole spirit. Uh, and you know there's there's those of us who believe that across the veil when you cross over there's judgment right and if you knew that you're going to be judged and you're not going to be judged well um uh, why would you go? Why would you cross over? Because you know, what's waiting for you on their side and it's not going to be pleasant. So they're like, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be a butthole here. It's like, not Um, and then the other thing we ran into as well is we ran into this lady. There's an older lady. Uh, we were at, it was placed called Lava Hot Springs Inn. It's a bed and breakfast now. It used to be the old Tooele, not stay, not Tawilla. um, I can't really to the, the hospital. It used to be an old hospital. And then at one point in time, after it was a hospital, it became a geriatric center. And then uh, it went into disrepair. And then the new owner bought it and he turned it into a bed and breakfast. So it's up in Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. It's got all these wonderful hot springs out front, all this native energy. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. But we ran into this lady in the basement. And she was so mad at her family for putting her in the home that she just held on to this anger and this resentment well after her death. And we, we asked her, it's like, well, is there anyone living still that you have this anger towards? And she's like, no, I don't. There's nobody else to be angry with. I want to go. And so we ended up helping her cross over at that point in time, because it's like, she's, she was ready at that. Yeah. Yeah. You know And so I don't know if that's quite, that's not quite the unfinished business. It's more like fight, right? It's more like, you know, I'll show you,
4: (laughs) I will not cross over. I'll show you. I'll just stick around. Well, you got to figure too, that, you know, um, on the other side, there is no time. Right. You know, there is no, it's been forty some years it to them. It's a blink of an eye, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a little different for them, but. Um, that's, that's amazing that you guys did that and actually crossed them over. Yeah,
3: we've done that. So my wife's done that before I've done it. Um, and then we have someone on our team who does it. who's much more talented at it and does it well. Um, we had, it was really cool. It was last year, uh, right around the turn of the, like right around, oh, probably right after Betty White died. I think is what it was. And we were sitting in our house, and my wife was doing Marco Polo. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Yeah. Um, but Marco. Yeah, so. Malo. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. It's actually, it's, it, it's an app where you can do video messages to your friends and stuff. And oh. so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not the game. It's actually an app. Oh, okay. But
4: what, yeah. but what was
3: cool <laughs> is she, she, my wife was Marco Poloing one of our uh, on their teammates because they talk all the time. And there was an EVP that came through on the Marco Polo. And so we found out that we had four spirits in the house that had just shown up and they came to our house to be crossed over. They sought us out, but we did this little EVP session. We did a, I don't know, a 20 minute EVP session. And there were 14 EVPs in 20
4: minutes. Wow. Yeah, you got you got their attention. Uh when you start doing things like that, you start getting their attention.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They start seeking you out because they wanna they know who to look
4: for. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well see in in um you know, going on from that, I kinda have this uh theory and I I also kind of see it um, you know, in my third eye is that, you know, uh, anyone who has any kind of ability, whether it's just clairvoyance or, you know, you're a psychic or, you know, anything like that, or you're just sensitive, that we kind of um, glow. Like we have a a glow to us, like a, a light, right? Yeah. And some, you know, say like, you know, Mike, he's – Got a very you know very strong ability, so you know he'd be like super super bright um and then someone who might just be a little bit sensitive has a light, but it's a lot dimmer, and that's kind of how I see it from the spirit's eyes it, yeah I can't explain it it's um and so they just know who she like goes to. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So they just—I don't know—they just know who to go to, and and I don't know if if you've experienced this uh, during investigations, but um, you know, like if you're the one hearing like disembodied voices and things like that, and no one else is hearing them, yeah, I think that you know spirits choose who they want to communicate with, definitely um, as definitely. well, so, oh, exactly because i'll have a spirit like say something to me and it will be loud and i'll just be like oh come on like you you guys must like you heard that right and they're just like no and i'm like how could you not hear that it was so loud I
4: i do it all the time i'm like you hear that they're like no what was it
1: yeah like, Jen, Jen and Adam say to me, like, why do you even ask us? <laughs> and it's just a, you know, natural reaction, you know? Like, oh, my God, like, what the hell was that? And they're like, didn't hear anything. <laughs>
4: right.
0: I'd be lucky to hear anything. Most things don't ever, well, get too too close. And most of the time, I can't hear anything they're saying anyway. Um, unless they say it out loud for everybody to hear. Uh, but... You psychics have been so lucky. <laughs> oh,
1: I tell you what, the craziest one that I've had is, um, you know, when Sean and I, there's a town called York. Um, it's a couple of hours out of Perth, and the entire town is haunted. Like, you know, and there's a lot of ties to land and the Aboriginals and things like that. And you know, Sean and I were going to be, you know, investigating all night, so we thought I oh, will just, you know. Lay down for an hour and kind of recharge and stuff like that. And I lay down and I've got, you know, my left ear on the pillow. And in that left ear, I hear, hey, baby. And I sat oh. up so quick and was like, what the hell? And Sean said, what? And I'm like, did you not hear that? And she said, no. And but the way the spirit said it, it was so creepy, like, hey baby. And it's <laughs> so loud. And I'm like, how is that in my left ear? Like when I'm actually laying on that ear. So I kept questioning myself, like, Am I just like going crazy? Am I hearing things? Am I like, what is going on?
0: <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. oh, so you can see something, Josh?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I had a I
3: none quite similar to that, but we were taking this tour through this haunted house. Um, you guys might have heard of it. It was, it's been on a couple of TV shows. It's called Asylum 49. And we were going through this place and there was this room called the Egyptian room. They were having some paranormal activity in there, but on this tour, we were going through. I'm the last person out of this door as we're walking out and there's this little cubby hole to my, to my right, probably where someone would stand and like scare people during the haunted, when it was on, you know, during the haunted house dives. But I get this guy that comes into my right ear and you can kinda almost feel, feel the breath on your ear. He's like, See you soon. <laughs> it's like, well, oh, that's creepy.
1: <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> I tell you what, when I die, I, I've got a list okay, like, well, you're of people you that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I have like you know um you know friends of mine you know who are also investigators, and it's like, okay, so if you die and I'm still investigating, make sure you come to wherever I am, and uh, you know we can just you know get some really good <laughs> footage. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. it'd be great to just you know sit down. Pull up a chair, have a cup of tea.
4: Right.
3: (laughs) Uh, Keeper's been quiet. Let's have keeper go. Uh,
2: I'm just. Let's. Uh, I'm still the rookie. I'm still the rookie (laughs) to all this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say I definitely do. The demon theater is on the top of the list for sure a lot of things were going on that n- both nights it was just left and right, left and right. It was what uh, the ambassador was there who gave us the opportunity to do it. He was like, there's multiple portals, chairs there, all of this. And, and it was just, it was just heavy that whole night. Uh, we, we did the whole microphonics kind of deal, put the headphones on, covered the eyes and deal. But they took it the next thing next level they tied me to the chair, left me for a good hour, and with the walkie talkie, oh. they were outside in my car and just talking. And it was just like left and right, left and right, just talking, listening to them talk. And I just felt them all it just <laughs> dark. Darkness. Everything just everybody who was there, the entities, the paranormal the demons, everything was just there talking. And to, to put it on the other level, too, my buddy behind behind me, um, no words. He was doing the same thing. Nothing. So they were just shadowing through me the whole night. Um, And then the following night, we went to a brothel, an abandoned brothel. I had the opportunity to um, actually meet one of the uh, behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Uh, from the Ghost Adventures. He was lying on the cameraman. He, he owns brothels. Oh. And we had the opportunity to do it. Same thing. A lot of dark entities there. Stuff going on. And But one thing that night. Early that morning. We're packing up. There's are in here. And all you hear is the women's heels on top. Just walking their rounds. Getting ready for the day and stuff. And we're like. We're like. What the hell is going on? And you can hear actual ch- them talking like throughout the whole thing. And I'm like, said, what the hell? What the heck is going on? School, but I freaked out. I mean,
1: see with with the footsteps and on you know like hearing the heels. Um, debunking channels have really kind of started taking off on on YouTube and um you know one of them uh, has has talked about you know like if if a ghost isn't like human like anymore they're not corporeal then you know and and investigators put it in their episodes all the time footsteps i'm hearing footsteps um and stuff like that and and you know but how is how is that how does it happen, and and how, when they're not corporeal, are they making sounds? And I, you know, explain to one of them that it's no different to a disembodied voice, it's disembodied bloody footsteps, like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, it definitely is.
0: You know what's uh, been, I uh, guess, a intense experience or a profound experience that you uh might have dealt with recently (laughs) over your time as an investigator
1: oh me (laughs) oh um as an investigator uh probably uh was a dark entity um at a cemetery um that you know isn't it's local uh but you know, we captured uh, the first time, uh, the very first investigation that we, we actually ever filmed. We caught um, this flying um, thing, like, goes straight, you know, towards the camera. And when you pause the image, it looks like uh, almost a dark angel. But the the head looks like uh you know a KKK like type hood. It's 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 really bizarre. Um, it was also very frustrating because everyone kept saying, "Oh no, that's just her breath," and it's it's definitely not my breath because I mean this thing moves at like supersonic speed. Oh, uh, but. Yeah, we always every single time we we went up there to investigate, mm. you know, we'd always like experience just you know there was a lot of chatter, but then you know this negative energy was coming through all the time, and you know I would get like a, a searing kind of burning, stabbing pain, um, you know, just below my ribcage and. And all of that and and when I had um you know uh Jane over here uh I took her up there, and we we went in the gate, and I mean this cemetery you know ha- has got gum trees all around the edges, and it has a couple within the actual cemetery itself, but it, you know it it is pitch pitch black um it's just got this darkness over it. It, it was very odd. Um, and, you know, I we kind of just thought, okay, it's just the area, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it, even when it was a full moon, it was still just pitch black. And so we're walking into the cemetery. We've only just started to, like, Turn our gear on like and start filming. And we have um these thundering, because we're on the, you know, central uh pathway. We had these thundering like um foot like footsteps, like running like doosh 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 towards us, you know, like uh, it just sounded like uh, you know, Clyde style horses, um, they got the really big feet, right? It it was, it sounded bigger, heavier than that. And I just remember Jane like yelling out, grabbing onto me because it all happened so, so fast. And, but you can hear this like, whoosh. So it's like, doosh, 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 whoosh. And then it's, and then it's gone, right? And, you know, Jane actually, like, bruised me. She grabbed me (laughs) that, And, um, yeah, it took us a little second to process what had just happened. And, you know, I thought to myself, is this because, you know, she hasn't been before and, you know, this energy is just trying to scare our type thing. Um, But uh, we both just had this feeling of dread and that's probably the only time um i've decided that okay i don't think we should hang around uh so we ended up leaving and the very uh we we waited a couple of weeks before we went back and we made sure we put up like triple protection but we we hadn't communicated to one another what kind of protection we were doing or um, the strength at which we were doing it. And, you know, we get up there, same time and all. Uh, and, you know, we pull up, we turn the car lights off, and the cemetery's lights. Like, you can actually see the headstones. <laughs> And I said to her, something's different. Something's not right. And she was, you know, picking up the same thing. And then uh, because I have uh, Archangel Michael as, like, he's my main guide. And um, so we go into the cemetery and I said to her, like, okay, something is, like, different. It's very quiet. and then we kind of started talking about, okay, is it is it just waiting to pounce, <laughs> or uh, you know, have has our protection? And that's when we started discussing what protection we put up over ourselves. And we'd done the same thing; we'd you know done it threefold. Um, we ended up getting absolutely nothing, and. So I think, like, our protection just basically (laughs) wiped out. (laughs) All spirits communicating with us. Um, And I said to her, this is bizarre because I've come up here and investigated the cemeteries so many bloody times and have always had communication and it was just dead, dead as a doornail. And then, you know, as we're kind of like you know you're not about to call it type thing um i just like get this image of of michael standing up the back corner of this cemetery and like he was huge and he he was basically standing guard um and across the road is like a big uh like national forest and i'd kept like sensing that it you know this negative thing was over there and yeah so he michael was actually keeping this energy from coming coming back in but that's probably the only time i've been freaked out um and I, and I don't think I would have freaked out to that degree if Jane hadn't have screamed and like bolted back into me. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a pretty significant experience.
0: Josh, uh, what's been your profound experience, or at least most intense that uh, you've dealt with lately, or over uh, wow investigator? Yeah, that's one. There's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple. Um,
3: so. We've investigated for the last four years. We didn't do it this year, but for four years, we investigated the same prison up in Montana. It's the old Montana State Prison in Deer Lodge, Montana. And we were up there investigating. And you do a 12-hour investigation. So you get the whole building from 7, 8, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. now. And you just stay there. You stay in there. You're locked in. They'll leave you alone. You just go. We were over in Manhattan Security. This is two years ago. And I brought out a Tibetan singing bowl and there's a negative energy that hangs out in national security, along with all the other human negative energies that are there. Right. And so I took this bowl out and I'm like, I'm going to play something for you. And as soon as I started playing, I felt all of the despair and angst and anguish was all thrust upon me at one moment. It was super overwhelming. Um, I'm start, you know, starting to well up and starting to tear up as I'm playing this bowl. And I can see as I'm playing, there's a second hand over the top of my hand as I'm playing. And so this ended up actually being one of my Native American spirit guides that was uh, assisting me in this. What was neat is I didn't play very long, maybe 30, 40. But when I stopped playing you heard this mocking echo of the bull being played from the negative entity, and so it's kind of like mocking back at it. And so that's probably the most like emotional I've ever been during an investigation. We I mean, usually I'm pretty pretty even steel on that, but the scariest moment I've ever had is unexplainable to be honest. Uh, We were in this old mining town called Eureka. It's uh, Eureka, Utah. Uh, It it still exist. I mean, there's still people that live there. It's very small now, but we're in this old abandoned bank building and I'm in the back of the, I'm in the back of the building and we were on a a public investigation with another paranormal group. And they're like, they're like, uh, you know, sometimes there's a spirit that hangs out in this closet. And so she opened the door and immediately I felt like something rushed out at me. and I'm sitting up against this wall. I'm not a small guy, six foot one. And I wanted to crawl back through the wall. And that's how like terrified I was of, I mean, of nothing that you can see. Right. Yeah. And they all laughed and my wife was sitting there and I'm like, Hey, can you close the door? And once she closed the door, that's when I could actually move in the the fear went away but yeah i mean it's not this you know i've been touched i've you know that stuff doesn't bother me i've seen scares. that stuff doesn't bother me but it was something like that that that's the most terrifying moment i've ever had and it's hard to explain just it's like nothing really happened yeah
1: cool it, it sounds similar to mine, where it, it's just this in in invisible force, like charging Yeah, it, you know, and, and just, <laughs> yeah,
4: just light or light moment. Yeah, in. yeah,
3: yeah. And I've, I've wanted to go back and investigate, but the old owner has sold that whole row of buildings, and now there's like a, a second-hand, like typewriter store in there and they're not really open, and they're not open to having investigators come in. <laughs> I'm trying.
1: <laughs> well, that's a shame.
3: Yeah.
0: Mike, I know I've probably heard it about a thousand times,
4: but I guess what would be your profound or <laughs> scary moments? Uh, as you know, I've been uh, privy or participated in a couple of exorcisms, Um, mm-hmm. almost the same as what you guys are saying, but on a very large scale to, to see what full possession will do to somebody will really put you on your heels. You know what I mean? That's, that's the scariest moment I had is when you're, you're facing somebody that's a female and you're getting, you know, grown men, uh, Latin words coming out of their mouth and they don't even know Latin. So like, that was the, the scariest moment for me was being part of the exorcism and actually feeling and, and helping get through that emotional state of an exorcism. It, it was very overwhelming um, and uh, really put me in my place. You know what I mean? If, if that makes sense, made me more humble about what I do. Um, and And I always tell people to protect themselves. Because I've seen that, I've seen that scary part of what can happen if you give them control. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one thing people forget too is that we still have control. That it's yeah. it, those types of things are in are invitation. You have to let them play, and if you don't let them
0: play, they're not going to play. If they play. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. They're just give you consistent shit until, until you turn in or they uh basically just move on or unless they have some kind of reason to be there
4: or want you know, the to same, be there. The same night you, you were talking about footsteps. Now, this is a very, so during the exorcism, it sounded like a horse or, you know, hooves on wood. Whoa. And it was under the floor. And you can feel it like the horse was running upside down across. the oh. So that, you know what I mean? That that, and that. So that's why I'm saying that was one of my scariest moments to actually see and hear and experience that moment of, you know, spiritual warfare where you really, hey, you're, you're, you're small in the totem pole. You're very insignificant compared, you know what I mean? So be grateful that you can call on who you can call on, and you know that's oh. and it was a good eye opener. Yeah.
1: So when uh, you were doing the exorcism, sorry, Isaac. Right. Um, was that? Um, did you see? Like, did did the female like change? Like, um, on one of the
4: videos, um, and unfortunately, I don't have access to the videos anymore. Um, for obvious reasons, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, it, it was almost like her face contorted. So like you're looking at physical face and turns and starts screaming and goes to look at you. And in, in that instant of, Hey, it's like the face just don't look right. You know what I mean? The contorted, like Ooh. what I call the death face, Ooh. you know, you see that, you know, when they allow you to see what they look like now like their death the you know the rotten part um i don't know if you've ever experienced that yet um but that's the, yeah, that's the scariest moment i ever had and that was uh straight on that was a succubus so that was a very interesting mm. ordeal
1: and and do you think that no, when you're doing an exorcism do
4: you need the demon's I, name? Or? Yeah,
1: we we ended up getting the
4: name from it, um, and that's you. That you know, that's when you really get a foothold and push them out. Um, and that was before Isaac was even part of, uh, you know, going to the exorcisms and stuff with us. Um, he didn't get to experience that. Uh, it'd be a little easier with him around with some of the things he does. Um. But it it was it, it was a scary moment, you know what I mean? Oh, yet Experience it
0: yet in our <laughs> line of work, there's always going to be an opportunity to do that. So we'll find yeah. out how I stand up against them, or at least in that situation.
4: But um, I get you're so you're so eager, but I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It is daunting. I'll give you that.
0: I'm always up for a challenge. So, so like, uh, I, it's, it's that warrior I, sense of I, mind. It's like, I want the fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was yeah. just going to say, Isaac's about to say, like, well, let me at it. or yeah.
0: Let, yeah, me, at let, it,
1: it. let <laughs> me at it. Let me at it. Bring it on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about amongst investigators, uh, now, I know we always have our favorite gear, things we like to use more than anything, whether it be an app or um, a piece of equipment that we like particularly to go to the most. But what is something, a technique use with that said gear or even a future invention or contraption you came up with your own or a technique that you come up with your own that's specific that you've seen helps the most with communicating?
1: Ciao. Yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah um i think we, we use i mean we use dowsing rods a lot but that's not the same uh we use we found very good use yes what we have found um because we've gotten all sorts of manner of words coming out that you know aren't going to be part of the fcc channel so we use well, we do the SD's method, we use the SP 7 sphere box is what we use. And so, you know, you know we're not relying on a, a word bank or anything like that. But we've had, we sat down to one place and the first thing that came out was uh, the F word. And it's like, yep, that Ooh. is not something that's going to be a part of normal radio block. Yeah. <laughs> so that that has always been fun. Uh, we've done it in, uh, we did it in Death Row. We've done it in other places. Uh, and it's always, it's worked out very well for us. Um, the funnest one that we had though, I got to tell you, we did, uh, we were in an old cement factory and it was at the end of the night and we weren't really getting a whole lot of anything. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start speaking Spanish. And let me tell you, my Spanish is like four sentences long. (laughs) But as soon as we did that, we started getting Spanish responses. Full Spanish sentences back. (laughs) And I was like, that's really cool.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I've uh, I've heard a lot of languages. uh, Voodoo, voodoo, um, Native American, uh, Spanish. French, German. Um, I reckon it's just where we live at. It's like a melting pot here of all the languages. But I've heard a lot yeah. of investigations. Oh,
0: Peter, any new techniques you've been using, or at least uh, new devices you might have added to your repertoire of uh, investigation gear? Ooh, me? Hey. Yeah, you, Peter.
1: <laughs> uh, well see i mean we've we've got a lot of um little experiments that that we're trying uh you know one is like you know with a ouija board um but i will not touch it i won't um, even let it even... <laughs> yeah um but uh you know, I love um doing, you know, E V P sessions. Um we did one, uh we went to an abandoned hospital on Friday night and uh, the uh, week. Yeah, we 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 did one and then the we didn't really get any EVPs and, and our it, it didn't even pick up like everyone's questions. It was Both recorders were kind of, like, messed with. Uh, And then so we, you know, did a second one and, yeah, when I've basically just said, okay, recorder one down and then, all right, recorder two. And then you hear this male voice come through and say, you've got to be joking. (laughs) Like I played it, like, a few times and it's like, you got to be joking like as in we're doing this again really (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was quite funny but yeah i love doing yeah the Esther method as well
0: uh keeps um i know you said you're getting your back into it but whether at the time when you were investigating or urban exploring was there a particular technique you use with the camera to capture stuff or did you use special lenses or uh any other techniques that you think you might have used differently
2: for most people honestly it's wasn't more of the fact like when i explored and stuff doing all of that i i take my camera and i'm just there to photographs because mostly i'm contracted out for private companies private people and stuff to take photos for at a different band of buildings. of but with uh, when I was working with Colin and stuff for the paranormal files for his show and all, um, we mostly just went in with his cameras and that was it. We didn't really bring all this equipment with us. We just went with an open mind with our camera and that was it. We just went with flow. Like, yeah, we had some pot, you know, we had some equipment. But not a lot. It was just more of the fact: hands on, ears listening to what we can hear, and whatever we the camera picked up. That was it. That was what it picked up.
0: That's interesting. I know. I don't know. Mike's been cooking up without me, but um, I guess Mike, you yeah. want to talk about? To I guess to everyone, because I mean I already know, but I mean everyone else might be listening to stuff like that. The the uh, the the uh, technique that you, we seem to be seems to work the best for us.
4: Um, I don't know. Every situation is a little different though. Yeah. But usually in, uh, you know, our, our biggest weapon that we have in our arsenal, um, as paranormal investigators, um, is the body, the human body is actually feeling that that is my biggest tool is me, um, being able to sense point direct guide, um, And then that's usually when somebody gets pictures of something or video, you know, EBPs. Um, I used to love taking photographs, but I can't no more. Um, I don't know if anybody's got that problem, but every time I do, something shows up in the photograph. Um, So a lot of my photographs look like Peter was saying that it was smoke in front of my picture. And. But if you look closely, you can see people and you know what I mean? It's like a, they're always right there in front of me trying to get my attention. So I don't use oh. the camera as much. I use more feel, more, you know, my, my gifts, my intuition. Um, and then of course, you know, SC's method, of course, um, very good method for you guys asking questions and getting returns, responses. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the things we do like the though, Isaac are, that's for the other people. We could almost do what we do without tools (laughs) or equipment. You know what I mean? Um, but it is nice to be able to show other people, other things. Um, and the same with the rim pods. Um, I make them go off. So if I go sit beside a rim pod, it's going to glow until Isaac actually makes it shut off. Um, (laughs) So it, I'm one of those people that those the rim oh. pod react to me very, um, yeah, it's just weird. So they don't That's work yeah.
1: really <laughs> around me.
0: <laughs> but I it was the energy that I'm taking away. Or they they move because of me. Um, one of the I guess one of my final questions because we're going on a, a while here. I know I said an hour, but I, I'm going to rephrase that from now on every time we do these perennial roundtables just because. We all have great perspectives and, and, and hearing what it's mm-hmm. different things like that. But I guess one of the final questions I want to ask is yeah, we already are, are uh, me and Mike, I'm not, Mike probably have his own perspective, but um, what is your goal as a paranormal investigator, or at least as someone in the paranormal? What is it you want to discover, or what is it you want to do with the paranormal? Let's start with Peter.
1: Okay. Um for me, uh my goal is to help the living and the dead. Um and I I get asked a lot, like, oh how much do you charge? I don't charge anything. Like no. the reason I'm I'm doing paranormal and and going and, and helping families who who are dealing, you know, with activity of any kind or, you know, spirits. I just want to be able to contribute to the field, Um, you know, and and that's another reason why, you know, we're, you know, starting to do more uh, experimental type um, investigations because, you know, I'd like to someday, you know, even, you know, Write a book or something like that to you know like put out there, i suppose uh you know it, it's 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 a seesaw in our field because you know, like you said in the beginning, um Isaac, you know there's those clout chasers, and you know they're just in it for the money and the fame and, and so everything's <laughs> fake and bullshit and and it it makes me so frustrated and angry um, so you know it's it's great knowing that there's so many other um you know authentic investigators out there around the entire world who uh, you know legitimately trying to to just contribute and help um people i i I don't agree with people charging. Um, I think, yeah, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Um, so, yeah.
0: Nice giving a thumbs up, yeah. And the thing that's funny <laughs> is that with with uh, our skills, with our, me and Mike's team's skill of what we do, what we can provide, you think we would be able to charge anything we want because – it's always a guarantee what we do is going to happen because we of course had experience and we have testimonial people. We've helped out with it before and you know, stuff like that. But I think it was Mike, you were telling me that it, it's that uh, if you start charging people for your gift to use it uh, to help people that you start losing
4: it. Yes. Yeah. You, you start putting negativity into the system. Um, you know, you're, t- you're trying, it's the personal, personal gain rule um, oh. you, know, we, you, you don't We I don't use my gifts for personal gain so I'm not going to give you lotto ticket numbers you know what I mean it's not like that it's not how the system works so you, you know what I mean it, it's it, it's just the way that it is you know what I mean yeah
0: uh, Josh what's your
3: uh... yeah so you know we started out you know really trying to just document any paranormal experiences that we had right trying to bring light to what is out there but we've really switched lately into you know trying to tell the stories of those who have passed on like you have these spirits that are here right that they were once alive they have a story they had a life you know try to get as much as you can to understand you know what life like or what they want to tell people Uh, there's lots of you know stories just like we're sitting around that you know talking about our stories right these spirits have stories well and it kind of came to me uh we were at one of the titanic museum we were in branson missouri at the titanic museum and they have this when you walk in there they give you a ticket and the ticket has a name of an individual And that is who you get to be while you're on the Titanic. And then at the very end, there's a wall, right? Of every ticketed individual on the Titanic. And you get to figure out if you live or die. It's brutal, right? Absolutely brutal. But you start looking at this wall, right? And there's thousands of names on this wall. And you're like, each one of these people had a story. You know, they they had something that happened to them in life. And it's like, why can't we tell their stories to the rest of the people because there's stuff to learn from what they've experienced in life. And so that's really what we try to do, you know, as much as possible. It's tough, right? Because when you can speak in small sentences or, you know, you get an EVP of one or two words, sometimes it's really tough to get some of that full story out, but we try the best again to bring as much of that out to to
1: people as possible. It's yeah. almost like putting together a puzzle. Um exactly the
2: and, yeah, you know, yeah. and the
1: more you go back to a location, the more you learn about, you know, the different spirits in, cool. and you you can start kind of piecing it together into to what you think, you know, has gone on and stuff.
3: Well, like exactly. Like, you really have to go back more than once. Like you have to hit yeah. places several times to really get a full understanding of stuff. Yeah.
4: Like an onion, you got to peel back the layers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh. Keeps, uh, I know you You were saying before that you got out of it and you're getting your way back in, but now that you get back in, what would you say is your goal to uh, be studying the paranormal or investigating altogether?
2: Yeah. Um, for one, I want to say I I've been un, at ease at this whole time for whatever y'all did earlier, so I wanted to apologize. See if I was like out of it. I was spacing out for a minute here and there throughout the whole podcast. So I do wanted to apologize for that. But I mean, throughout prior prior time, because of my name, Kiprosaki, associating with the Paranormal Files. I have been contacted by more of the clout chasing, more of the, uh, more of those kind of people. I've had the opportunity to be able to do a full on um, series, paranormal series, on um, Amazon and Apple, but that was fully scripted out, and I completely denied that. <laughs> and they're like they asked me why and i was like i you i work with these people this is what we do we hands on we don't follow any scripts we tell the truth how i've been told i am keeper of the truth i speak the truth i do what i do um so without this whole time it's like now this next round it's how i call it this next chapter of keeper of the second for exploring and doing the paranormal is speaking the truth. And that's, that's what I want to do, is speak the truth through my work, through the parable, through exploring. So, yeah.
0: Awesome.
1: I mean, you, you, you start, you know, like, uh, you know, the people out there who are doing it and, and following the script or um, not doing it for the right reasons. Um, staging evidence, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like your lies catch up to you, and mm -hmm. every single time you're asked, you know, what happens during the animal schedule, the story changes.
2: And it it does, it definitely does.
1: And to me, it's it's like you've you've got to stay yourself. Like, I just mm -hmm. am, and that's just. How I you know, feel um, and that's that. You
2: yeah. know? There's sure. no putting on those component. certain videos. Mm-hmm. On those certain videos you could see I'm at unease because of I have to lie, I have to be a different character, I have to be a different me, where you can see when I'm with Colin and stuff, I'm more relaxed. I'm more okay, this is you know boom we got evidence keep going let's keep rolling it let's keep going it it's like with these cloud chasers and all i'm more of like i i can't be myself i can't i have to follow their script i have to do all this you know i've i met those people and it's you know i yeah it's it's i've seen both worlds yeah oh
0: that's that's yeah that's perfect a great answer um I look forward to seeing what you do in the future.
2: And um, appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I might go back to Kansas uh, later this year. So I they're, they're calling my name out. So you got to revisit some old friends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I do appreciate everybody coming on with their different perspectives um, and <clears throat> different inputs and information. This has been a good panel roundtable episode one. Because there will be two more if you guys look forward to those. Um, but I do appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, real quick, where can everybody find you, Peter?
1: Uh, It's Ethereal Sisters Paranormal on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> same, same everywhere.
0: Uh, Josh?
3: Yeah. We um, have a couple different names. I mean, hashtags yes you can say it. so like on twitter we are we are cpr paranormal on facebook we are cold spot paranormal research and then on instagram we're cold spot underscore paranormal underscore all
0: right and uh keeper you got everybody where everybody finds
2: you uh most i'm mostly on instagram now Keeper it second i yeah that's that's where mostly, like, most of it goes everything but i'm starting to slowly get back into the video. So mostly you'll be at the same thing. Keep it a second on uh, YouTube. Awesome. And Mike, where can everybody find you?
4: Right here. <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, shadow Walker paranormal, um, on Instagram. Uh, do we have the other ones yet? Snapchat and all that yet? No, no?
0: Megan, I would like Megan get started with that, but other also, um, when it comes to paranormal questions with uh, Shadow Walker Paranormal, Hidden in the Shadows podcast on Instagram is also a great place to get, communicate with us as well. Um, like I said, do appreciate you guys coming on. Um, for everyone listening, uh, you can uh, catch uh, Hidden in the Shadows podcast, uh, Hidden in the Shadow podcast, like I said on Instagram, Hidden in the Shaw Six on Twitter, uh, Hidden in the Podcast Two on TikTok, or links to all of social media and all the ways. You can to us at Hidden Shadows Podcast dot um, Yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. And as always, catch your widows in the next one.